3: What's up, Road of Biz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Road of Biz Radio, and one of the co-hosts of the Road of Biz Overtime podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into another Road of Biz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself ten percent off a Road of Biz NFL Pass right now at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast, or by simply adding the code rv radio 2021 at checkout that'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the road of website the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business as always we do appreciate you listening to each and every show and if you do have 5 10 15 seconds to spare please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app it is much appreciated with all that said thank you once again for tuning in i hope you have a great day now let's get back to the show The home of professional football, Canton, Ohio.
4: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast—the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M and at Titan Travis on Clubhouse. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from college recruit. All the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we always talk some fantasy football since this is a Road of Is radio podcast. But we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And you may have noticed, but this week we had a very special NFL draft series uh, on the podcast feed with myself, John Daigle of NBC Sports Edge and Colin Kelly, the executive producer over at Roto-Biz Radio. Uh, and if you missed it, check out those four mini-episodes out now. We actually cover each position, uh, w- uh, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, running back, one episode at a time, all the incoming rookies for this year's NFL Draft, so check it out. Uh, but this week, we're pivoting back to the college side to talk about the top future NFL prospects rising through the ranks of their own college team in spring practices and several spring games over the past Several weeks. So to help me break this down and, and talk about these future NFL stars, I'm joined by one of the founders of campusdecanton.com, Matthew Bruning at SportsFanaticMB MB on Twitter. He is the host of the Fantasy Football Roundtable and Debbie Debate podcasts. And so yeah, glad to have you, man. Welcome to the show.
1: I'm I'm happy to be here. I am a big fan of yours, big fan of the podcast. Been listening uh, since you debuted that first episode. Actually, just finished listening to the uh, the draft stuff that you guys did over there with the with all the RotoViz guys. So that was a, a lot of fun. But I really appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk a little uh, spring games and some camps to camp.
4: Yeah, absolutely, man. And I uh, for those unfamiliar, I, I mean I've. This podcast is pretty much named after the fantasy football format, Campus to Canton. It's college to Canton. It's very similar. Just to, uh, really, it's it's for uh, super nerds like uh, me and Matthew, and anybody else who loves yeah. loves the college side. You know, I mean, you can have a full college fantasy football league running side by side with an NFL fantasy football league, and as soon as your college players graduate, they're automatically on your NFL fantasy football team, which is a lot of fun. So if you like both. You can play it both in the same time and have your own college championship and your own NFL championship. And so, yeah, this type of format of fantasy football, before we dive into the spring game and real football analysis here, uh, it's, it's just kind of blown up in the past few years here. And uh, Matthew uh, co-founded the sites, and, and it was you and, and a few other guys, right, that kind of put that together to kind of have a place for all things Campus to Canton content.
1: Yeah, there there were six of us. It was very weird on how it kind of came together. Um, you know, I know you've you've got a little bit of work with Jarek Backus, who's who's very great with the uh, data and analytics. He kind of joined on with Alfred, who does a lot of stuff with Why Wait Till Sunday, and uh, I had met. Uh, Austin and Felix, who are also my co-hosts on the Debbie Debate podcast through Dynasty Nerds, Austin and Colin started up a podcast called Campus to Canton, and they were kind of like as you as you just mentioned, you know, this po- this form has been growing the past couple years and it's really blowing up. I think it's it's one of the more fun formats to be in, the most fun, in my opinion, because it's it's the most diverse Dynasty League that you can play in. And they thought, well, why don't we start a website up to to kind of Talk about that. There's nobody out here who's really doing it. You have got some people who are diving into it a little bit, but nobody who's dove all full in all about the camps to Canton uh, leagues. And so they decided to start it up. They reached out to Felix, and then they reached out to me after I left Dynasty Nerds, and were like, "Hey, would you like to come on and join us with this stuff?" And we just kind of came together all right at the right time, launched up the website, and it's been it's been awesome. It's been a great experience. Obviously, we're still growing, but uh, we hope yeah. to continue to grow as the format grows. But it's it's definitely been a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, man, it's it's been crazy just to see how and uh, you know for those of listeners, I know some that that don't even play fantasy football at all, but it's just been funny to see the, that space in particular grow. Uh, it's it's come from what just 20 years ago people still having to like manually calculate scores uh, to you know everything blowing up on ESPN and all the big websites and then then there's my fantasy league and then there's dynasty leagues and then there're leagues and then there's college fantasy football leagues and now there are leagues that combine both college and NFL and devi all together. Uh, so it's a lot of fun just kind of seeing more and more ways to uh, nerd out about football on Saturdays yeah. and on Sundays. But uh, let's dive in right into the spring game takeaways because there's so many like spring practices, spring games. I know some, some people think it's just uh, over analysis, but really... Spring games and spring spring practices are where guys climb up depth charts and and guys pull away and guys establish that they they are ready to play on Saturdays and ready to uh, garner significant receiving yard market share and other nerdy things that we like to see for for skill position players and such so let's dive in with the biggest topic that uh, most people care about in college football. Uh, and that is Alabama because it seems every year they reset and just bring in a new 22 different players <laughs> pretty much and re yeah. uh, redo everything. And uh, this year, especially uh, they uh, sent off a good chunk of their offense, starting quarterback, their Heisman winning wide receiver and um, a-, a lot of their offense pieces, Najee Harris, a big name running back. So they bring in, what, four five- and four-, four and five-star guys at the wide receiver uh, wide receiver position, bring in another five-star at running back to make the backfield super muddy. So there's a lot to take away, a lot to kind of learn from these spring practices, right? So the thing is, though, with the spring game this past weekend, I don't know if, if you were able to catch it, listeners, but John Mechie and Brian Robinson actually were out. They were not in the game, so... A lot of guys that were brand new to the team got to see some action uh, from the get-go. So, Matthew, what stood out to you or who stood out to you the most from Alabama's A-Day?
1: Well, I think... The easy answer here is, and I'm probably going to butcher his first name. I hear like so many different variations of it. It Was Ajayi Hall, who had the the four catches for 72 yards, had two amazing catches, Uh, both of them contested catches. None of the other freshman wide receivers you were just mentioned. They brought in all these four and five stars. You know, Christian Leary, Jacory Brooks, uh, and uh, JoJo Earl. None of them got to play. Jacory Brooks was out. Uh, They said due to injury, he was out there. I saw warming up before the game, but didn't end up getting to play. JoJo Earl still yet to get on campus. He's for those. of you don't know, wanted to play out the rest of his senior year in high school in Texas. And they're just now finishing that up. So he's not even on campus yet there. So for me, it was a, a Jai Hall, just with the performance he had. And then for Nick Saban to come out after the game too and kind of praise him for the work that he did. You know, we, we as you mentioned, losing Devonta Smith, you expect John Mechie's probably going to step up. They've got some open spots in that that wide receiver room. Some juniors and seniors I don't expect ha- are going to step up into the roles that Devonta Smith left. These freshmen have a chance to do that. And, and Hall, I think, is is nearing in on one of those spots with the performance he had there on A-Day.
4: It's funny. I've heard so many people, even team people that cover the team have been pr- pronouncing it differently. It's like a Gie Hall, yeah. a Jai Hall, uh, or just a Jai. Uh, it's it's funny. It well, eventually, by the time he's like three years in, we'll we'll get it right. But he is he was I guess he was their second or third highest rated, depending on the recruiting service that you're looking at, wide receiver in their stacked freshman class. And Jai Hall is looking good already. Four catches, 72 yards, and two contested catch wins. And man, uh, a lot of fun there. I mean, I, it's reminiscent of not quite the explosion we saw from like Jerry Judy. Uh, a couple years back, but uh, still impressive to just show up uh, and, and really still kind of be raw. <laughs> he plays really fast. I mean, like the, Nick Saban kind of talked about that. He's He just wants to play fast, but he doesn't always know where he needs to be, but he still found ways to win. Uh, in the Alabama spring game and obviously I was really impressed by Bryce Young not perfect out of the gate not incredibly efficient right away Uh, but you know he basically didn't have much of any work last year because uh, Mac Jones obviously took the helm and was tossing 400 yards per game left and right all over the place so Bryce Young didn't have a lot of experience coming in but he is the clear starter right now there's no Real challenger there behind him, even in the veteran there, or even in the freshman, Jalen Milroe, uh, just yet. He didn't even get to play. But I think there's just not really going to be much break at all in their offensive dominance. And they're going to have, I mean, and I, I really am a fan of, you mentioned Jojo Earl, who wasn't even on campus for the game yet. I'm really excited to see what he could do because I don't think that they're just going to roll out and decide that Slade Bolden is all of a sudden worth a, a start there for them and I really don't really believe in Treshawn Holden or Javon Baker as uh, long-term stars in that offense Uh, you know even though they're returning and have some experience uh, and they didn't really stand out uh, very much either so the wide receivers I'm very much betting on all the young guys to step up behind John Mechie Uh, and Jaleel Billingsley I think is going to get fed as well uh, especially given you know new new offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien and how he likes to distribute and, and well, at least in his time in his college days he did distribute to the tight end position so I think that might be a, the surprise explosion as well if it's not one of the true freshmen to go with John Mechie, it could very well be Jalil Billingsley but the running back position is this is this going to be a, like a running back by committee like is it going to be really gross or are they actually going to feed Brian Robinson?
1: I mean, I hope not, but it's one of those things I always worry about with Alabama, right? You go back and look through their history of all these amazing running backs they've had come through there. Not just Najee Harris last year. You've got Derek Henry. Who, who am I thinking of before Mark Ingram? Mark, you like you have all these guys that have come through, and they he never seems to like commit to them early, right? He seems to wait till they get to their junior or senior year. Uh, Jason McClellan, I thought played well. Uh, In the Alabama spring game, we called it. uh, He did get a lot of passes in that game. As you mentioned, it looked like mostly dump-off work. But I, I think it's mostly going to be Brian Robinson just because Kamar Wheaton coming in this year, he's not on campus yet either. He's not playing right now. And I don't think he's going to get the to the carries right off the bat. So I think it's mostly going to be Brian Robinson with maybe Jace McClellan mixed in. I know a lot of people out there hoping Trey Sanders kind of takes a step forward. But uh, last I read, he's just now kind of getting on to the treadmill after that really bad car accident he had. So I don't expect much out of him. And, and I don't think Keelan Robinson is is – He's good, but I don't think he's as good as Jace McClellan. Jace McClellan's kind of the guy I would lean on being that second guy behind Brian Robinson. So I expect him to get most of the carries, but I do expect Jace McClellan to kind of mix in there.
4: Yeah, I, I think that it is It is probably going to be some kind of committee situation, though, just because Brian Robinson is the super senior that's never really been the guy. And even we'll look back to the beginning of last season for the running back situation. It actually was Trey Sanders that got the, in the first week there, got the the, the second looks uh, ahead of Brian Robinson. And obviously, he, uh, Sanders missed some time uh, and then missed a bunch of time after he got in that car wreck. And Brian Robinson ended up having the second most touches uh, in the, back, the backfield. And Jace McClellan showed to be kind of efficient for a second uh, for a few games. And so people... Uh, We're super excited about that, but um, it's really hard for me to just get behind McClellan, especially in Debbie leagues where people are drafting him in like the second round right now for it just makes zero sense whatsoever, uh, given that he's not going to be the clear starter this year. And Kamar Wheaton is a five star who's almost objectively more more talented than he is. Uh, and then you also have Keelan Robinson coming back. I mean, I'm not sure he's going to be a, a big deterrent just because, you know, he was a former four-star, missed all of last year, though. Uh, but it, it looks like a mess. And then Trey Sanders is coming back. And then not not only that, but looking ahead, uh, Alabama actually has already got a commit from Emmanuel Henderson, the running back one in the 2022 class as well. So he has he's going to have, even after Brian Robinson is gone, after this year, he's going to have Kamar Wheaton, five-star, probably running back two in this class. And then next year, Emmanuel Henderson, five-star, running back one in that class. Uh, so he, it's, he's, he's got his work cut out for him if he actually wants to ever be the lead back for Alabama. So hold your horses if you are trying to get excited about pumping up Jace McClellan anywhere near uh, any of the top guys like Bijan Robinson or Tank Bigsby or even Jameer Gibbs for 2023, because frankly, it just doesn't make sense. There's there's no safety in projecting him as a, the starter this year or ever for Alabama, but he did have seven kind of dump off receptions, and so that was cool uh, in the spring game, But uh, and he had a couple decent runs, but um, I'm just pumping the brakes on the Jace McClellan hype for sure. Uh, anybody else you want to talk about? I mean, I was really impressed by DeMarco Hellem's I actually, I'm a super nerd. I already have him on a team because I play in some <laughs> ID, IDP leagues. I also have Jordan Battle and Christian Harris on the defensive side and basically have like half the defense. And Willie Anderson, uh, you know, they're they're incredible pass rusher there. Will Anderson, a former five-star uh, coming out of, of high school and was basically leading the nation in pressures <laughs> last year as a true freshman. Uh, so I'm really excited about him. But anybody else you want to talk about from this from the spring game for Alabama?
1: I mean, I don't know much about the defensive side. I—that's I, the one thing I need to get. I need to, all the campus of Canton leagues I'm in are all offense. I want to jump <laughs> into some defensive ones because yeah, it's just—I I, want to learn people. more about the defensive side. <laughs> but uh, you—you mentioned—I just want to touch on Jaleel Billingsley because we actually, yeah. uh, the Debbie Debate Crew, we—we we called the game from a Debbie perspective. Like we—we we got up on our YouTube and Twitch channel, and we called it like we were, you know, calling the game, but talked about it mostly from a Debbie side of things. The one thing I noticed, and you mentioned with Bill O'Brien, is that they move him around a lot and he was re- like not just in line they had they moved him out to wide receiver yeah. he was very uh very interactive in that offense so he, he's a guy that I'm really interested in seeing I don't know how I'm a little bit worried about his size obviously translating to the NFL level but this year whether it's a debbie league and you're trying to just get that value to maybe flip later on or C2C league trying to win that college side he might be a a tight end that you can grab I, I think yep. our ADP had him in like the the 12th round. No, it was like the 8th round. I mean, a tight end that you could grab in the 8th round that could end up being one of the highest scoring tight ends on the college format.
4: Yep, that, that, that could be a lot of fun, especially given that matchy I don't think, is this market share monster like Devontae Smith. Uh, was last year in any way shape or form or even calvin ridley back in the day when he was joined by a bunch of true freshmen a lot of people pointing to that season as to what might happen for mechie i just don't see that in the cards for him but let's move on to another team here going to ohio state which i believe uh, you're an ohio state fan aren't you
1: i am a massive ohio State. okay
4: so fan, yes. t- so try to we, I, I i always talk with matt wispay, he joins the show yes. a lot he all oh, huge huge Buckeyes fan but uh, let's try to tone the homerism down just just a tad Matt never does uh, and sorry man you're probably listening to the show but uh, it's okay I love you but (laughs) Garrett Wilson Chris Olave, you don't even have to be a homer though to recognize that that's the best wide receiver duo in the nation right
1: yes uh, I think so well and I will I will say because Matt is not here by Chris Olave, because I know he loves saying that on, on his <laughs> podcast with Stefan. I love that podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's obviously, I think, going to be other teams in the running. Like, I think USC's got a really good wide receiver core. Alabama now, go, those guys are mostly freshmen, so we don't know what they're going to be. But I think there's really, in my opinion, no argument taking my bias aside for what Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave do and their projections moving forward that they are the best duo in the uh, college football landscape right now.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And they, and, and they just looked like it again uh, at their spring game. Uh, Garrett Wilson snagging four catches for 85 yards easily. You know, a really long play. I think he had a 55-yarder or something like that. Lave had an incredible 40-yard grab, a couple other catches, and a touchdown. Just looking like, hey, this is business as usual. We are going to dominate college football once again. We are both going to be top seven wide receivers in the 20, 2022 NFL draft class. Is there any doubt in your mind that both those guys are among the top seven next year?
1: No, not at all. Uh, I've got them in. Well, no, yes, because I actually have Chris Olave at seven right now. I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm gonna upset Matt here. I'm a, not as worried about him at the NFL level, but I just like some of the other guys in this class a little bit more ahead of him, and, and Garrett Wilson. Uh, who who else do I have up there? Burks, I've I've really yeah, liked. David Bell, uh, I'm maybe? a big David Bell guy from from your your uh their your team there Purdue. Uh, David Bell's my number one wide receiver on the college side. I, I love David Bell. Um, and Pickens was up there, though I do have some reservations about him. But with the injury, Chris Olave has jumped him. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're I think the only thing that may hold them back is is what happens at quarterback. I, I feel I'm not I. I'm not going to be on the same side as you on the quarterback debate. I think um, I'm, I hope that someone else wins a job. I think there's a quarterback that's a little bit better than CJ Stroud there at Ohio State. I don't know if he wins the job. I think he should. Uh, but obviously with Ryan Day as a head coach in that offense, you'd expect both of them to to be up there. Uh, and and I would hope that they are. But Chris Olave is the one I worry about just a little bit more than Garrett Wilson.
4: Yeah, for me, it's it's funny, but... Uh, we we talk about these guys that are just coming in that have like no experiences, almost like certainties. But it's it's part of it is about the system and what Ohio State does and how and just frankly quarterback friendly that offense is. And that's not knocking anything that the quarterbacks have done here recently, including Justin Fields, who's in the quarterback one debate in this NFL draft class. But C.J. Stroud is my dude in the class. He won the Elite Eleven competition in his draft class. Coming out of the process was the clear. Uh, QB3 in a really good quarterback class coming out uh, with DJ Uyunglele and Bryce Young, the only two guys ahead of him by most recruiting services. And uh, he's got some really fun dual threat ability. And it looks way too smart right now, way too comfortable in the system. I know all, all three of the quarterbacks got some action, a similar number of player, plays in the game. But CJ Stroud a, a few plays just really wowed, especially making good plays, good decisions in the red zone uh with a nice touchdown like a look off pass it was just really really smart i think he's uh, and it's not just me i think most people that cover the team think he's the front runner still to uh to win the job this year and i think that is going to be best for the program and best for the wide receivers and best for the running backs everyone involved in year one uh you know post justin fields but are you more of a kyle mccord guy
1: I am. I I I love Kyle McCord. I think he brings a little bit, obviously, of a different game than CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, you know, everybody talked about it, and I don't. I hate comparing players, but you heard it if you if you watch the broadcast and and a lot of people talking about it because you are right. Everybody's saying that CJ Stroud is going to be the guy, or at least he leads the competition right now. I don't. I don't think he's going to be for sure the guy yet, but he's definitely the leader in the clubhouse. Was there last year, and everybody keeps saying he does. A little bit of what Justin Fields does, and I don't want to put that on C.J. Stroud because I think Fields is a really – I think he's an exceptional quarterback, and, and oh, yeah. he's a rare talent, and I don't i don't want to say C.J. Stroud can't get there, but I don't think he's there yet, and I think it's unfair to say that's what C.J. Stroud is. Uh, he's definitely got the mobility, and you're right. He had a great touchdown pass and had a lot of really good plays. Missed a couple throws early, but then bounced back after like two bad throws and was phenomenal the rest of the game. Uh, But what I like about Kyle McCord is just, I think mentally he's already there as a true freshman, the way he reads the field. He's got a little bit more athleticism than people give him credit for. And just his accuracy is ridiculous. And if you go to the Jackson Smith, the Jigba touchdown in the, in the corner of the end zone, like he was about to get hit and just dropped a beautiful pass. Now Jackson Smith Jigba made a great catch on it as well. It wasn't all Kyle McCord, but he placed it perfectly. You can even tell, after that pass, like Ryan Day even came up with a big smile on his face, kind of a, like that was a really great pass. So McCord's a guy that I really like. I do think he's currently behind C.J. Stroud in the battle. I don't want to say anything bad about C.J. Stroud. He's phenomenal. He, he wasn't ranked behind D.J.U. and Bryce Young for no reason, and he shot up the process last year. So whether whichever one of those guys wins the job, I think they're going to be really good. But I, just, I think Kyle McCord brings a little bit something extra to so that Ohio State offense, I'd love to see him get that job.
4: Yeah, I think, what sadly, what what we're going to run into is C.J. CJ Stroud has two years remaining, right? And McCord has three before they're probably going to be going to the NFL. They're probably both early declared type level talents. One of them is going to transfer, especially with the new one-time transfer rule. Like, whoever doesn't win the job this year and if Ohio State starts winning and keeps winning a la, you know, the whole Jake Fromm and Justin Fields situation Jake Fromm just kept on winning cuz Georgia's a good program whoever's at the whoever is at the helm is going to lead Ohio State to at probably worst a one loss regular season uh so one of them's going to transfer and that that stinks because like they're both crazy good like both should be starting on top 20 programs like that's the kind of talent we're talking about but i i'm just i'm thinking cj stroud is returning he's got the mobility that that fits what they like to do there that's my bet but both of them have looked good early on so that's going to be one to watch cj stroud versus kyle mccord at quarterback for ohio state trevion henderson though had 11 touches on the day right away already looking good the five star running back one just far and away the running back one in this class there is no conversation sorry like yeah. It, you should probably find a new hobby if you think that there's another running back one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in in this class besides uh, Trevion Henderson. Uh, already looking like he deserves a giant workload. And I like Master Teague. Uh, I'm an FCA uh, character coach on the bas- uh, baseball team at the high school that Master Teague went to. I, I should root for Master Teague. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I think he's just, he's never had a bunch of wiggle and Trev- Trevion Henderson might already be better. Than him, so I, it could be one of those situations where, like, t- like just like J.K. Dobbins, Henderson just shows up right away and uh, essentially just takes the job.
1: Yeah, I, I, the only thing I worry about is obviously he he came in uh he he early declared he sat out his senior season so he's been there with the team and practicing but master teague knows the offense i think he was he was hurt a little bit a lot of people may not have remembered he he tore his achilles last year in spring camp or, or that was the report with college we don't ever really get the full injury report so we don't know for sure that's what was rumored but then we never found out then Big Ten canceled came back uh, and he was actually playing but he just didn't look the same that's why I think we saw Trey Sermon really kind of take over there and and he looked bothered by injury the whole year I I don't I think they still give him the shot at least at first but yes I agree Travion Henderson he's just a different animal I mean if you turn on his huddle tape I think (laughs) it's seven minutes into the film before he gets tackled like he's just ridiculous (laughs) in everything he does and it's going to be fun to watch him, especially with, with Ryan Day, with the way you you know, you know talked about that offense is very friendly, not just quarterbacks, but I think for running backs as well. And with him there in that offense, it's going to be fun to watch him. I, I expect Master Teague to get the start early in the year, but Henderson's going to flash as soon as he gets on the field.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's going to be really good, basically right away. And you mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, he, I think he grabbed a touchdown, five catches. He looks like he could be the uh, third option uh, in this uh, would that be your bet this year i know emeka ibuka wide receiver one overall in this class uh, for this recruiting class marvin harrison jr already looking good as well shed his his freshman black stripe on his helmet early on and then you know julian fleming from last year they they have way too many good wide receivers but jsn jackson smith and jigba looks like he could be the wide receiver three right
1: Yeah, I think he's locked into that slot role. There was – obviously Garrett Wilson played there last year in the slot, and I think some of that was just – Again, the weirdness of the year with COVID. And, and Ryan Day likes to have that big, movable slot-wide receiver. Garrett Wilson can do it all. Garrett Wilson came out uh, after the spring game and said that he is moving to X this year. I think that kind of just cements that JSN is going into that slot role. You now, I think um, Emeka's obviously really good. Marvin Harrison has been phenomenal. He caught a touchdown pass as well. Uh, don't overlook what Emeka did in that game, though. He actually kept yeah. that drive alive for C.J. Stroud to, yeah, catch, to, to score that touchdown to Marvin Harrison. He's really good as well. I think... You know, Marvin Harrison and Emeka will be on that that second team with Julian Fleming, but it, it looks like Jackson Smith, the Jigba, has definitely secured that slot role in mean, enemy. Just go back to that catch he made against Nebraska in week one. I, I think we're going to see a lot of that this year because I think everybody's going to be focusing in on Garrett Wilson and Olave, and it's going to allow JSN to, to kind of get open.
4: Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Moving on with other pro days this past weekend uh, Miami. I, I was really surprised. I actually have Jake Garcia in a deeper College to Kenton league. And, uh, you know, he's a top incoming freshman this year, but didn't have great rushing yards like a bunch of the dual threat guys did coming in. But uh, he actually looked like he had some moves in Miami's spring game. He actually added some rushing yards and actually was able to maneuver the pocket and and fire some solid shots. Had like a really nice 55-yard bomb. Multiple touchdown throws that were really nice. Fourth and 12 conversion right before the half that actually set up the field goal. And, man, he just looked... Like, he was already ready. Like, I mean, I I know Derek King was out. He actually was calling plays in the second half for the offense. Uh, He should be back by the season. But if he's not, I'm no longer worried about the quarterback conversation and quarterback situation for Miami at all. Are you?
1: No, he looked phenomenal. I I didn't get a chance to watch that game live, but I've been able to go back and watch it. And and he looked really good. I know a lot of people – uh, thought that maybe Tyler Van Dyke would end up being the backup, and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he's still listed as the backup right now, but with the way Garcia played in that spring game, if Derek King can't play, you know, a, a lot of people are talking about Miami maybe being a surprise team in the ACC. Whether King's there at quarterback, or if they end up having to start Garcia due to to King maybe not being able to get back from that ACL injury, I, I think Miami's going to be really good. They've got a lot of good weapons at wide receiver, really good tight end, and running backs. It's gonna it's gonna be fun to, if he doesn't get to play this year, seeing him uh, leave this offense next season.
4: Yeah, they might actually have some really solid quarterback play and consistency there for a few years uh, if if he actually uh, you know gets the job post De'Ara King. But you know Charleston Rambo, they actually kind of talked about that, It was kind of funny hearing. Uh, Derek King actually talk about kind of basically recruiting Charleston Rambo to the program. It looks like he's going to be a big part of the the offense there. Mark Pope and seeing some more targets. Uh, so that'll be fun to see who emerges as the big target now that Brevin Jordan is gone. Uh, they, they have a, a nice incoming freshman tight end, Elijah Arroyo. Really can't wait to see what he does because I think he could slot in early on. But Jalen Knighton actually had the best run of the day for them. I know that I, I liked Cameron Harris. You know that there's there's a couple other running backs that are coming in this year. I actually still keep finding myself liking Jalen Knighton more than any of the other running backs. Do, do you have any favorite to kind of uh, emerge out of that group and eventually get drafted?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll i be honest. At th- first, I thought it was going to be Cameron Harris. Just he, he burst on the scene last year and looked phenomenal. I mean, everybody was moving him up their boards and then just kind of fell off that second half and everybody kind of dropped him back down. And that's when we saw Knighton and Chaney kind of start really producing. Chaney, I think, is out with – he had so- shoulder surgery. So we don't yeah. know if he's going to start off this season. As you mentioned, Knighton looked the best in that game. And I think with how explosive he is, I, I honestly think he's probably the best bet – Cameron Harris, I think he's a good running back, but I don't think he's overall special. Where a Jalen Knight, and I think he really could be. He, he's he's a very interesting back in that backfield.
4: Oh yeah, for sure. And just talking about a couple of pro days that happened, uh, you know, here recently, but not exactly this past weekend. Uh, Clemson. If you missed the Clemson one, DJ Yu looks like he's in great shape. I'm actually going to have the opportunity to uh, have an extended interview with one of the offensive linemen there for Clemson uh, in early June. So be looking for that show. Going to talk through the whole offense. Uh, with uh, one of the offensive linemen there, Taquan Johnson. But uh, who do you think out of that crew emerges uh, among the wide receivers? Like Joe Nagata, J- is Justin Ross just going to be that dude now that he's back? EJ Williams, Frank Ladson. Who's your favorite there?
1: I mean, I'm gonna. I hope it's Justin Ross. I, obviously, he looked like a stud a couple of years ago. Had that injury. Don't know. We we assume he's going to be okay. the The medical team there at Clemson says he's okay and good to come back. And that I'm rooting for him to come back. I. I would love to see him because I think he's a really good player. Outside of him, I'm, I really like EJ Williams as well. Nagata and Ladson, I just, they haven't done it, and and I feel like they haven't done it yet. I, I don't know if they will, uh, so I'm rooting more for Ross and EJ Williams.
4: Yeah, nice. I'm still rooting for Nagata to, to break out. I think Ross could be a surprise uh, jump up into uh, top 60 overall draft capital if he looks at all like he did a couple years prior uh, but I do like uh, Will, Williams as well, but Nagata was like my wide receiver one coming out of that class. that potential was incredible. It just has struggled with health. Uh, that backfield looks like a committee though right now, actually. I wanted to get excited about Will Shipley, but uh, the coaches were talking up Phil Maffa, the other freshman, and obviously uh, you got J. Dixon, Kobe Pace. It looks like a, a weir- it looks like they might be moved away from that kind of feature role at least for a year. Uh, are, are you a big Will Shipley guy or anybody else in that, in that backfield?
1: i don't really have a fan i mean i've obviously i've heard the same as you that Maffa's getting a lot of talk uh and shipley but i'm not a i'm not a fan of any of those guys if i'm being honest
4: yeah it's i'm not betting on one of those guys to bust through this year so we might have to kind of wait it out wait and see i know shipley's a lot of people like him he's highly touted five-star kid uh but uh and- you know not quite there in terms of uh, leading the pack just yet so we'll see how that progresses i'm not going all in on anybody there just yet florida state really fun to see mckenzie milton back healthy again when they had their pro day just slinging it uh, hitting malik mclean a couple times joshua bell uh, burrell a couple times i still think dustin hill uh, is going to be the guy went once he gets there and fully into the rotation at wide receiver but yeah it's going to be a completely new mix Uh, in a full year of uh, normal recruiting, normal-ish, I guess, uh, with uh, Mike Norvell. Should be a fun offense once they kind of get rolling, because I still believe in his system quite a bit, but his system loves running backs. So out of uh, Lawrence Toafili, Ja'Sean Corbin, or DJ Williams, who are you betting on there?
1: So I'm betting on Toafili and I'm, I'm kind of the lone guy at our group over there that everybody else likes Corbin. I was actually a big fan of DJ Williams, but I, I don't think he's nearly as explosive as Corbin and Toafili. I, I prefer Toafili. I think he's got a little bit of extra. I think he's a good pass catcher. He would be the guy that I'd be betting on. And as again, as you mentioned, really great for running backs in that system. So I yeah. think he would be really good there.
4: Yeah, I think he he's already, even in the spring game and even throughout the spring, has shown he is the most versatile back. Uh, he was a, a solid receiving back. And Corbin was a, a solid receiving back
0: last year, too. Uh, but Corbin... I, I, I. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, Just keep waiting for him to pop.
4: After he had that, you know, he had that really good first like season back at Texas A and M. Transferred, I was expecting big things. It just hasn't really kind of come together. Toofili is a true sophomore, competing with two older guys in Corbin and in DJ Williams. Now that um, we all thought were going to be a thing, but Toofili actually looked better. Like he had the best run of the day in the spring game, and he had 45 total rushing yards, and he had some receiving yards. Like he just looks more complete and and, uh, like he might have the best nfl potential i'm right there with you and we're going to get to a few more of the pro days just from this past weekend and a couple spring games coming up and some players to watch but before we do just a word from our sponsors
2: the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet, excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services.
4: Right, and we're back. So we've been talking about a lot of these pro days that happened this past weekend, some of the capital that happened a couple weeks prior to that. But back into the most recent pro days, USC, man, uh, they had offensive line struggles last year, one of the worst in all the Power Five uh, in yards before contact. And most any offensive line measure gave up eight oh, yeah. sacks in their spring game. Just really trash offensive line play. Uh, so much for getting excited about Keontae Ingram. Uh, or anything else in that backfield for that matter. Uh, are you worried that that might affect their entire offense, even those wide receivers that we love?
1: Yes, uh, because I'm not that big a fan of Slovis either. The one thing uh, about him is you know where he's going to be at all times when he calls hut. He's not, he's not that athletic. He's not beating any defensive end or linebacker that's <laughs> blitzing him. So if that offensive line can't block anybody, as much as I love those wide receivers, if Slovis doesn't have time to get the ball to him, I, I think it's really going to affect that offense
4: yeah man and, and it's funny they never ever have him uh like actually right up on the center ever like they like they might be in fourth and half an inch and they're not and he's gonna be in shotgun or something like yeah. you know way off the ball and it's like man that's so weird that like they, they don't just just try something else like just hey man you know what what you're doing right now is not working <laughs> but uh yeah. it, we'll see what happens there i actually really like a uh, true freshman, Brandon Campbell, kind of got a track speed back, background. Uh, I know some people like Kenan Christian there. I just don't think he's ever going to take off. Uh, and Campbell's the, the new guy in town. And so after some of the veterans are gone, I, my bet long-term would be on Campbell, actually. Uh, but okay. Keonta Ingram is probably just going to be that guy who takes a bruising because that offensive line can't do anything. Uh, but Drake London, Brew McCoy... A bunch of guys that to get excited about. I mean, even like Gary Bryant Jr., Taj Washington, and coming there. I really like Kyron Ware Hudson from Modern Day. He just, you know, they they had the big Modern Day versus St. John Bosco high school game, which is in the Trinity League, which is basically full of the best high school programs in the country. It was essentially the de facto national championship game. Both teams were undefeated coming in, and Kyron Ware Hudson had a sixty-four yard touchdown late in the game that basically sealed the victory for for modern day i really like him to come in and have a role early on as well uh, how high are you on drake london though
1: i have him as uh, my wide receiver nine right now on the college side we actually did a ranking a wide receiver ranking summit for the site uh last night a two-hour show for half, half of it for free half of it for our subscribers and we go over kind of like what we look for in our wide receivers how we scout them and we give our ranks and i have him at nine i i I also am a sucker for those big wide receivers that have massive wingspans. I mean, I was he's a big one Butler fan, yeah. and that didn't work out for me. Big G. Scott Jr. fan. He's moving to tight ends, so take it with a grain of salt that I love Drake London. Uh, but I think he's a really good wide receiver. Uh, to me, he's the best in that group. I still like Brew McCoy. I'm a big Kyle Ford fan, even though he hasn't been able to stay healthy. You know, Taj Washington transferring there is – interesting because I, I really thought that this was going to be your gary bryant steps up and i think that maybe taz washington steps in for where gary bryant was going to go so it's a really good wide receiver core. And i think drake london is the best out of that group i think if, if he has even a decent season he's going to get pretty good draft capital like i expect Amon Ross, saint brown to do this year
4: yeah i'm right there with you and drake london decided to finally i mean he, he was playing he was playing football full-time and doing basketball there at usc T- finally gave up basketball just so he could hone in and, and get his body and and just purely put fo- football shape and focus all in on that because he re- recognized okay I'm going to get drafted next year unless I screw something up badly because he he was just winning games for them like late late in games coming in clutch having like eight, eight reception games in a couple spots just taking things over from that almost like big slot kind of role that they play in that uh, that he plays in that kind of spread offense there for USC so that's the sky is really high for for what he could be at the next level cuz he's not slow either like he's just got he's a really fast really rangy guy that i think a lot of people are going to fall in love with when they watch him Uh, here soon but moving on to my other team you mentioned my first team my alma mater Purdue I'm not going to get into them because they are bad this year outside of one player David Bell but Auburn is my other team due to family ties and things I am a huge fan of Tank Bigsby I know a lot of people have been for over a year already he just looks like a pro feature back already Why, why should I not have him as my running back one overall
1: Uh, I would just worry about it because of how good Bijan is too. And then obviously Bijan being in that Texas offense uh, with, with Sark, we saw how Sark kind of fed Najee. And I expect, even though Roshon Johnson is really good with Texas. Well, I don't want to just write him off, but I think it's really those two. I know a lot of people really like Jameer Gibbs, but, I mean, again, we approach. I at least approach this from a campus to Canton side. So I want my guys to score points on the college level. That Georgia Tech offense worries me. For me, that twenty twenty three class, it's between Bijan and Tank, and yep. I could hear an argument on either one and flip back and forth. But there's just something spe- special about Bijan. It's it's hard to it's hard to move him down, even though I'm a big fan of Tank as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And Tank man, just I'm so excited. He it looked like it was his offense. He break he broke free for a big huge long score where he showed his his size speed combo that's going to be a lot of fun. Brian Harson is a new guy in town. For those of you unfamiliar with Brian Harson, comes from Boise State where he has absolutely fed his feature backs like crazy. Like even in the years where he doesn't even have a great feature back talent like since 2014, he's he's fed his guys like 23 plus touches a game. Like even even in the years where he was working with un, undrafted free agent kind of talent, he was still like, nope, you're just getting all the touches. Here's half the offense. Enjoy. And so if Tank gets that kind of workload, uh, and, and he's doing it at Auburn at Auburn and winning against uh, good SEC defenses, man, it's gonna be a lot of fun just to see him dominate. And it looks like he looked like he looked even bigger than he was last year. Uh, when he was just throwing defenders to the ground, uh, bouncing off contact easily. Uh, but I, I, I still do not like Bo Nix. He's not an NFL passer. He's never going to be an NFL passer. That's just not a thing. That ship has sailed. But uh, wide receiver-wise, are, are you betting on betting on anyone in particular in that group?
1: It's hard to bet on anybody, obviously, with, as you just <laughs> mentioned, yeah. um with, with, with Bo Nix, I, I like Kobe Hudson a little bit, and then Elijah Cannon I know is getting a lot of talk. I, I need to look more at him, but I've heard he's had a really good spring uh, and obviously looked good in the spring game as well, connecting with Bo Nix, which I guess matters because if you're if any wide receiver can connect with Bo Nix, they're going to have some kind of value.
4: Yeah, for sure. I actually even like Xavier Capers just because he kind of fits that uh, Seth Williams mold in terms of his body type and how he plays. Uh, but he yeah he had some attitude issues last year he was he was reprimanded on a couple occasions so i think canyon might be the guy to kind of break through if anybody does for auburn but moving on last pro day we're going to get into and then we're going to kick it to some players to watch upcoming lsu man uh, that's uh if they if they can just have even mediocre quarterback play uh, that group of wide receivers and and uh maybe maybe if gilbert comes back uh, i guess by the time you're listening maybe we'll get some official news on that But uh, Miles Brennan versus Max Johnson, do you have a favorite horse in that race?
1: I think it's going to end up being Miles Brennan. I don't know if I want to say he's my favorite, but he actually played really good last year. Times the injuries. I think it was a concussion too that kind of held him out most of the season that second half. It was undisclosed injuries. Like I said earlier, we we don't get to unfortunately get a lot of these injury reports from, from the college side, Uh, but I think he's had a year in the system and he didn't, you know, he looked bad in the spring game at all. I thought he looked just as good as Johnson. I think he has the upper hand, being there as long as he has been and being there last year as the cemented starter. So I think unless he just completely falls apart here and the rest of spring summer and the fall camp stuff, I think he's going to end up getting the job over Max Johnson.
4: I think so too. But I think even if he departs after this year, Max Johnson looks like a clear, Clear guy to take the reins after that and keep on feeding Kayshawn Boutte, who is Bay. I think for a lot of people uh, who like wide receivers and like trying to project an NFL draft capital, Kayshawn Boutte coming in, a borderline four-star, five-star kind of talent, uh, just uh, looked like the real deal even in the spring game. Yet again, uh, down the stretch, taking over like a quarter of the offense for lsu and uh just picking up right where he left off i know john trey kirkland had a huge day I and mean, he basically matched his entire collegiate production in one spring game had like right, grabbing i think 16 balls for like 200 something yards it was crazy but i'm not really banking on him taking over the offense uh they got some fun freshmen c- coming in but i, I just think it's going to be the queshawn butte show is there anybody else that you're really excited about for lsu
1: uh there Deion Smith, who who played with the second team for both teams in that spring game, is a player that I'm really excited about. He's moved up my rankings as yeah, actually a top freshmen. 40 college wide receiver for me. Yeah. Uh he he's got a lot of speed, really good body control. You know, he, he needs to put on a little bit of weight, but I think he could be a guy that surprises us. Like, is definitely going to be the guy as you may – I mean, he's just phenomenal. How none of us realized he was really the the wide receiver one of that class until he started going off last year. Maybe some people – I didn't. I did not expect him to be as good as he was, and I, he definitely showed me wrong. Uh, but I think Deion Smith's a guy who could step up with every all those defenses looking at, at Bute to kind of be a, a, a surprise candidate to be really good this year and kind of break out as a freshman like uh, Bute did last year.
4: Yeah, I was I was so excited to see him him break out, and especially in a big way down the stretch. I had him and Rakeem Jarrett as my dudes last year, so I loved uh, just watching both of them just kind of go off. Uh, and 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 well, Jarrett doing it in limited action for Maryland, but yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Deion Smith because he, um, you know, he was the higher rated guy, but I know some people had some questions about his weight uh, coming in, but I think. He's going to be just fine. He's going to be a speedster. He's going to find a role in that offense as well. But I think it's mainly uh, going to be the Butte show. uh, And that backfield looks like a committee still. And I hope, I hope the Eric Gilbert saga uh, with his transfer and then non-transfer and then he's back in in Baton Rouge. Like, I hope that actually ends with him just back on the team because I think that would be the best thing for his NFL future. Uh, For sure, a tight end, you know, being the the highest rated tight end prospect ever by the 24-7 Sports Composite and having a pretty productive freshman year as far as tight end production goes. So I think he could actually come back and be a big impact player and star if he is given that opportunity. Hopefully he doesn't have to go like to JUCO or something weird for a year and he can just come right back in. But let's talk just a few before we sign off here, just a few spring games upcoming right away. Uh, That's are really, I'm really excited about. I mean, like o- Oklahoma, North Carolina, we kind of already mentioned Texas a little bit, Oklahoma State even, but really Oklahoma, man, I don't think I've ever seen, just from a pedigree standpoint, a more stacked wide receiver room than what they have right now. They have Marvin Mims, four-star, Theo Weiss, four-star, Jaden Hazelwood, wide receiver one overall in the, wide res- in the 2019 class, Trajan Bridges, who looks like he's gonna be... Ex- Suspended, but he's a four star. Mario Williams, four star. Billy Bowman, four star. Cody Jackson, four star. Jaleel Farouk, four star. Even Theo Howard was a four star back in 2016. Uh, yeah, and yes, he's still somehow playing college football. Uh, and then even like, and even beyond that, they then they have like the nepotistic player, you know, who's just there because his dad, Drake Stoops, like you know, hanging there, uh, still doing things for them. They have like 50 wide receivers. How in the world, uh, are we gonna pick? Who's going to hit after like Marvin Mims? He's a clear first round pick. Theo Weiss looks like a day two pick maybe for next spring. But what in the world? Like how do we even sift through all this stuff? Like who's your guy out, out of the crew beyond the obvious names?
1: For me, it's Hazelwood. I I don't know. I I know Alfred uh, really – Alfred Fernandez, one of the founders of our site, is uh, big on Billy Bowman. He dove in deep on, like, the athletes that have turned onto the offensive side and what they've done. He really likes Billy Bowman. You know, he's one of those guys I kind of need to see it. Hazelwood obviously had the injury, came back late last year. I think we only got to see him play in, like, two, maybe three games. Didn't get to do much. I think he's the guy that – thrives there opposite of Marvin Wims. I'm not that big on on Theo We's. I think he's really good, but if I had to bet, uh for me, Marvin Mims and Jadon Hazelwood are the two elite guys in that wide receiver.
4: Yeah, and I I want to get excited about Hazelwood too. Just I just want him to see him, you know, see him put it together for an entire season, you know, because he he had so uh, so much going for him like he was even i think i talked about this on a couple other shows maybe i think he was like that one of those guys that wore, wore like the thin hoodies under his pads like he had that swag going on like <laughs> he was just you know easy fun fun player to root for wide receiver one overall in his class and uh, just hasn't really put it all together. Uh, and now he has to compete with all these new faces that were that are all so good. So I, I don't know who I'm really betting on there exactly, but I really do like Billy Bowman quite a bit. So Billy Bowman, for those who aren't unfamiliar, Billy Bowman could play uh, pretty much off, any off-ball position on the defense as well. But uh, he loves offense too uh so like texas he was really heavily recruited there but texas was wanting wanting him to play defense but he was like nah i actually really want to play offense he put up a ridiculous almost 100 catch like 1500 yard season in his final year of high school uh still gets that athlete designation but is a top 50 overall recruit in this class coming in and looks like he can play any wide receiver role that you would ask him to play i know a lot of people like mario williams I think Billy Bowman could just play any and anywhere and everywhere. He'll probably be taking some jet sweeps and they're just gonna find ways to get him on the field more so than any of the other guys uh coming in this year. I do like Mario Williams uh, to kind of have a later breakout after Weiss is gone, after Hazelwood, you know, whatever happens with him after Mems is gone. Mario Williams looks like an NFL wide receiver, but a couple of these other guys might just transfer because there's too many, too many guys. Yeah. There's just too many. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but a, a couple of them, I hope they just transfer and get a real shot elsewhere because there's so so much talent. But uh, last thing on Oklahoma to watch though is Eric Gray versus Kennedy Brooks because Seth McGowan looks like he is uh, suspended uh, due to the alleged uh, robbery. We won't really go into the details there because I just there's there's a lot to hash out there still. But Eric Gray versus Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy Brooks has two 1,000 yard seasons already for Oklahoma. And Eric Gray is transferring from Tennessee. Everyone likes him. Everyone's taking him way too high in college drafts and in, in college to Kenton drafts. Uh, but where are you on that battle?
1: I mean, I think Gray is going to be the guy. I don't think he would have come here if he, if he didn't think he was going to, I know he was being recruited by Texas as well. Obviously you're probably not beating out Bijan. You have a better shot of beating out Kennedy Brooks. And, and the one yeah. thing I, I've talked about before We saw kind of Ramondre Stevenson break out in the second half of the year, and it really seemed like when he did that, Oklahoma's offense opened up as well, and it really helped out Spencer Rattler. So I think that they're going to try and feed one running back for the most part. I think Gray is just more talented than Brooks. I'm not a big Gray fan, but I think he's more talented, so I think he's going to end up being the guy.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you too. I just don't think it's uh, just as obvious as everyone else is making it out to be. Just given what uh, Brooks has done there. But uh, yeah, that would be a situation to watch, especially if it's not obviously uh, a Gray's job after the spring game that's coming up here this coming weekend. Uh, North Carolina, Kamaro Edmonds is my dude uh, in this freshman running back class, but he's not there yet. So Ty Chandler uh, should smash, and uh, somebody else is going to do something at running back. But the wide receiver rotation is what I'm really watching because, you know, Diami Brown, gone. Daz Newsom, gone gone like that's a lot of production that just left who is your guy that you're rooting for in the wide receiver room for North Carolina because they're going to be catches they're going to be catching passes from Sam Howells so that's that's a, a big boost
1: yeah I think Josh Downs is uh, is the guy everybody is going to talk about and, and he's going to be the guy you know he can play a little bit of outside but I think he's going to be in the slot more often than not which kind of hurts the guy that I actually know about because of you because I've heard you mention and I went and looked into him when I was looking at my freshman stuff that's Gavin Blackwell I think he's really good wide receiver but I worry that he's going to be in the slot where Josh Downs will be and that's going to affect him coming up but those are the two guys I'm most excited about
4: yeah same here and I know Caffrey Brown Diami's little brother Uh, he could be fun too if he actually uh, recovers I think he should be ready by the summer Uh, he kind of dinged himself up a little bit in the spring practice uh, I don't think he was actually. I don't think he's going to be able to be there for the the spring game. So I do like like Gavin Blackwell. He's a true freshman. I'm uh, not a big Emory Simmons fan or Bo Corralis fan uh, at all, <laughs> but uh, I do like Josh Downs. Whoever's the, the slot there could get peppered uh, this year, but um, it, you know I, I really do like both Downs and blackwell that have a big role kicking it over to texas like we said though steve sarkeesian offensive install there that's going to be fun to watch jordan weddington getting a bunch of hype leading into the spring spring game uh you know i I would love to see him break out he was a monster five-star wide receiver recruit athlete recruit uh coming into college are are you still believing at all in jordan weddington
1: At his price in C2Cs, yes, Uh, just because, I'll see if I can pull it up here in in a minute, but uh, he's going very late in a lot of these startup drafts and the mocks that you've even helped us kind of build out this ADP data, and and so yes, but I I need to see it. I I, I just, I keep hearing about it and hearing about it, and then he doesn't ever really do it, so I want to see it. I do think he has a chance to, again, I, I... believe in sark and i think the the offense that he's bringing over from alabama is going to be good if, if he ends up using him uh and, and creating things for him I, I think he's gonna be really good same with Bijan. so right now his adp is 171 so i mean you're getting him really late and if he does break out i mean you immensely got your value back even if you end up trading him at that point after he breaks out of a couple games but he's one of the guys i just i need to see it really as much as i hate to say this the only player i believe in on texas right now is Bijan. Yeah, same
4: here. I, I do want to see what happens with Whittington and, uh, you know, maybe a Troy Amir. But, uh, yeah, Bijan Robinson is just that dude. He should be the entire offense for Texas, and that should be a lot of fun. I, I miss the Texas running backs of old where they would just uh, give him huge workloads and just let him fly. You know, Jamal Charles, like Ricky Williams, like guys like that back in the day. Should be fun to see uh, the team actually properly utilize a running back again for once. Uh, and then lastly, I do want to mention just Oklahoma State, the running back rotation there. Watch that with uh, Desmond Jackson, Dominic Richardson, and whoever else they have. And then whatever wide receiver is going to pop there because Tylen Wallace is gone and a few of the other older veterans are gone. So uh, they like to feed a lot of targets in one wide receiver's direction. So that'll be fun to watch. But man, Matthew, thanks for hopping on, talking some of these spring games, a bunch of names. hopefully, uh, listeners, you you had your your pen and paper or whatever because there was a lot of guys we talked about on this episode. Uh, but yeah, definitely revisit this uh, and maybe come back and write some of these names down because a bunch of these guys are going to be in NFL draft conversations very, very soon. Uh, and definitely check out the rookie mini, uh, rookie NFL draft mini series, just position by position. If you missed those this past week, they are on the College to Canton feed. That was just kind of a special thing. We're not going to do that every week. We're not going to have five episodes on on the on the feed there for you all the time. But hopefully, you do enjoy those. I'm going to be joined by Mac taglier here very soon uh on on next week's nfl draft special so we we'll be looking forward to that as well but matthew before you uh before we sign off anything else you want to plug here
1: no, just thank you so much for having me on. I said I'm a big fan of the show. I'm excited to listen to. I always feel like I sound annoying when I listen back to myself, but I'm excited to still listen to the episode. Big fan of yours. Appreciate you know all the time you've taken. Every time I've DM'd you to answer questions, especially when it comes to analytics stuff, because I'm still trying to to learn that. But I really appreciate you having me on. You know, if you guys ever want to check out our site, College to Camp in College campus2canton.com I guess I'm speaking about your podcast campus2canton.com <laughs> is our website you know we appreciate it. there's a lot of free stuff on there we have over 600 college players ranked right now we got even more coming in ever with freshmen a bunch of NFL players ranked as well we do all kinds of video content and everything if you guys ever want to check it out again there's a lot of free content as well you don't have to subscribe but check it out give us a give us an idea of what you think about it we'd appreciate it and thank you so much again for having me
4: yeah absolutely man I, I hope to have you and uh, you know other campus to canton.com guys on again uh, we just really really love what you guys are doing with that format and uh, just pumping prospects and a bunch of great content out there uh, and running some fun mock drafts for people. It's been great. But listeners, thanks for uh, tuning in to another College to Kenton episode. Please do leave a rate and review. Five stars would be great. You can leave a question in there. You can get it on the show. I hope you guys enjoy the NFL draft and all the rookie content that will be coming here very soon as well. But I look forward to you joining me here soon for many more episodes of the College to Kenton podcast.
2: Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet, excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services.